Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, or good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time you're listening to the podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. My name is Justin Belanger, and you have tuned in to the High Button Podcast. I almost sounded like a radio broadcaster there for a second. Uh, today on the High Button Podcast, every any a voice crack there, any person, another voice crack, any person uh, that comes on the podcast that is about helping the mind and body holy shit justin it's 8 30 in the morning here folks trying to get this intro done uh anyone that comes on the podcast and is all about uh you know uh, helping your body and mind that's what i'm about i'm not saying that i'm old but i'm 27 and you know i've played sports my whole life physical sports and the more you get older the more i guess the more you just feel it and uh as these years go by i become more and more interested about making sure that my body stays uh in tip-top shape making sure that my head stays uh you know my, my mental stays strong i'm able to focus on tasks and you know and just make sure that i'm putting everything i have into each and every single day and with that comes a lot of discipline it comes with diet it comes with exercise it comes with stretching um and honestly i have been doing a little cold water therapy to to help help my muscles i guess it it feels good it's a challenge and after you get out of the cold water it, it honestly does really help cold water showers i've been doing all summer um anyways that's just me so the guy that we're having on the podcast today john mayo if you don't know the podcast um not podcast, excuse me, the Instagram page, Mayo Bros Calisthenics. You got to look it up. These guys are insane. So essentially, these two brothers, John and Brad, they, what from what I take from the page, they go around into lakes. I think they live on a lake actually. And, you know, they jump in in the middle of the winter. They dig a hole, they jump in, and they make funny skits out of jumping into cold water in the middle of the winter. And then they're also in tremendous shape. They'll hold poses that are almost impossible to hold unless you can do this for, I don't even know how they do it. They must do it every single day. Well, they obviously do it every single day. And it's incredible how they're able to hold these poses able to move and be flexible while holding weight, while holding holding their own body weight. It's just incredible. Go check out the page, Mayo Bros uh, Calisthenics, underline between Mayo Bros and Calisthenics. Crazy page, really cool. So I'm excited to have John on the podcast here today and just give me some, uh, you know, give me a little tip here on, on how I can stay healthy and how I can uh, improve my health in order to in order to live a happy and, and better life. And every single person out there, you can't tell me that you're looking for that edge. You're looking for that that little uh, that little secret or tool that you need in order to live a better life, whether it is your diet, whether it is exercising, or, or whether it is stretching or, or weightlifting. Maybe you're not sure uh, on how that world works. I'm starting to dabble in it. Maybe you are too. If so, this podcast is going to be great for you. So it's going to be a great podcast. Once again, my name is Justin. We're talking to John. You know what comes next. Here we go. All right, John, we are going here. How are you? Good, man. How are you? Good. I'm pumped to have you on here. You're a... you're nuts. <laughs> yeah, like, the first guy to ever bike uh, to the podcast, so you beat Corey. Yeah, I would have figured Corey would have done it. No, he didn't. He biked. <laughs> well, it, it was a suicide mission, so I don't blame anyone for not biking. I did not realize how hectic it was going to be. A couple close calls. 
So I've heard yeah. crazy. Well, they got a couple new bike lanes up in the city, but I'm sure there's only one that's protected. I'm pretty sure down on Spring Garden there. Yeah, just I think it's on uh, South Park Crossing, Spring Garden. Yeah, honestly, it's like not the most bike friendly city, but I feel like you can't complain too much because it's definitely getting better. But yeah. when you go to cities like Montreal and Vancouver, you're just like, man, these cities are designed for bikes. It makes you a little bit jealous, but it's slowly getting better, I think. Vancouver's a nice one. Yeah, definitely. You've been out there much? Uh, only once recently, uh, last this time last year actually i was in vancouver oh yeah and that was yeah everyone always told me like man if you go out there you're not going to want to come back and i did really love it but halifax is definitely still home i, I love the city um i don't even uh do lakes freeze out there in vancouver yeah do they I, i'm pretty i'm pretty sure like yeah I, I would say some of them do um probably some of the smaller ones i'm yeah. not i'm not 100 sure on that but um, I went in some pretty cold water out there. It wasn't frozen, yeah. but it was like some of the glacial lakes. Yeah. And yeah, I had some really good cold exposure out there. It was, it was cool. So how did, how did all this start, man? Like, you know, I understand it. Like I, like I said before you got here, I'm trying to dabble into it, this cold water thing and I'm loving it, but it seems like you've been doing it for a long time now. So how did it, how was this, this whole lifestyle, I guess, introduced to you? Yeah. So I used to do, my brother and I both used to do flat water kayaking, like racing. Yeah. Um, you've probably seen it in the Olympics. It's just basically like a drag race and like really skinny kayaks. Yeah. Um, the biggest name that you've probably heard of would be like Steve Giles from around here or Adam Vancouverton. Yeah, no, Adam. Um, yeah, I've heard yeah, that name. Yeah, really, really good athletes. So in that sport, once it starts getting cold out, like you basically stay on the water until like there's ice. Pull the mic a bit closer, sorry. Yeah, Just yeah a little no bit. worries. So you basically stay on the water until there's ice. So yeah. it's like, it was getting like real cold. So I was getting introduced to that at a young age, kind of like unintentionally, just like being out in that paddling water splashing all over me. But I used to just completely hate it. Like it was my times would drop drastically. Like some people, it didn't really affect them that much. But for me, it's like my hands will get really cold. I always wear these like big, they're called pogies they're like paddling gloves. And they just like wrap around your hand. They're kind yeah. of like this like neoprene, um, like little like glove. And I just used to suck in the cold and I used to hate it and dread it. And then I, um, what was it originally? It was a Tim Ferriss four hour, four hour body. Yeah. I read that book on a road trip. It was like the first real self-help book I ever read. And there's tons of tidbits in there that I really started to implement. And one of them was cold exposure. And he just kind of like, there was one section in the book where he took a guy and he didn't change anything else about what he was doing. Like he isolated the one variable, which was like the cold exposure. Yeah. So this dude started like taking ice baths, cold showers. He would sleep like without blankets. He would try to like induce shivering as much as he could throughout the day. And he lost like some ridiculous amount of weight and like just started feeling really amazing. Wow. Um, so I think Tim started doing that. And then he said that it was awesome. Like cold showers, like, you know, boosting testosterone, lowering inflammation, just like giving you energy and like elevating your mood. So after that, I was like, well, I was living at home at the time. So I was like, my parents live right on the lake in Lake Echo. So I was like, well, I might as well try it. So I just started dipping into like October and November. And then the next year, I went on some trips and traveled and like, while I traveled, I was like, I was trying to do it. Like I was in Australia, New Zealand and I was trying to like get in cold water as much as possible. It becomes and addicting. It, oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm, I'm assuming you've like done a bit of it too. I've gone to, uh, December last year and then I, I fucked off in January, February, March. And then I picked back up again in April Nice around there. Yeah. You should come out to the ice hole. This, well, I was going to say after like, we'll bring our camera guy and we're going to, I want, I'd love to come out with you yeah, guys and 100%, do it. It'd definitely. be wicked. I've yeah. never gone in the ice. Yeah. 
it's, it's really, it's really cool. It's exhilarating. But yeah, after that trip, um, I was just doing it a lot. And then I heard about Wim Hof. Um, he's like the ice man, like vice did this segment on him and he's just got like a bunch of world records for like swimming under ice and like climbing Everest and shorts and all this stuff. And that's when I really realized like, wow, like this is like, this is getting mainstream and like, this is like, this is real. Like, it's not just like a one book I read, like this is, this is for real. So then after Brad and I, that when I got back from Australia, we started the calisthenics page. He was just like, we need to do something. We should start like some sort of fitness page. And like a lot of my friends were like, man, that, that niche is really saturated. Like, how are you going to stand out? And I was like, I don't know, man, like we'll do like body weight stuff. We were both, we had both kind of gotten into body weight training separately yeah like before i went to australia i met this dude he like trained me his name was julian he was from around uh he was from here or he lived here for a bit and he's from manitoba and he was really into like holistic movement like ito portal style training he'd actually done an internship with ito portal i don't know if you're familiar with him but no. he's the he's the guy that like taught conor mcgregor that like monkey strut oh wow yeah so okay. like connor trained with him and like showed him like movement fluidity yeah. and all that and like animal walks um so and brad had been learning calisthenics as well so then once i got back we were just like well let's do like a fitness page because we'd both like really been in the kayaking and like we had done a lot of like dry land training so we like we knew we knew like how to work out it wasn't just like strictly paddling so we're like okay let's just like learn calisthenics and get really into that and kind of like you know use the page to keep ourselves accountable and try to like show people that you don't really need a ton of equipment because i don't know we we we're both of the mindset that it's like you don't need a gym to be fit and a lot a lot of the ways that people work out it's like not beneficial long term in terms of you know like longevity and actually giving yourself that functional strength and mobility so we started the page and then once winter hit it wasn't even like the plan like once winter hit i was like well, I can probably make some funny videos. Like I'm doing this anyways. We might as well film it and then just like see how it how it goes. And like I I don't know. I like just skits and stuff like that. I've always kind of been into that kind of thing. And, yeah. Uh, so then yeah, we just started filming videos. I think the first one we ever did was like an oatmeal video. I was just kind of like sitting in the ice hole with a bowl of oatmeal. I was like, oh, just a Canadian enjoying a nice morning. <laughs> and that one, it actually like, didn't get that much traction. But then some like fishing fails page reshared it. Yeah. And I was up at um, my girlfriend's sister's place in the Muskokas. And these dudes were all into fishing. And they were like, dude, like you're on fishing fails. I was like, what? I looked at the video. It was like, a couple million views. And I was, no. that was the first like viral video I had. And I was just kind of like, what? But that wasn't really niche related. So we didn't get like that many followers from it, but that's kind of like where it started. After that page reshared it, other pages started resharing it. And then once we got on big pages radar, like nine gag and um, best vines and all that stuff, that's when things started to pick up. That's wicked. Yeah. It's yeah. so funny how anyone that comes on here that, you know, sees a little bit of success, it always starts with, yeah, we just thought we'd try something out. Yeah. You know, it's the same story. Uh, and yeah. and most people always usually go, no, that's not going to work. Like friends and family around, like, because they don't have the same vision, I guess, for it. It's, yeah. it's, it's always, it's a common thread that I see here on the podcast. Yeah. And for some reason, when you came on here and just said that story, like, I knew that's how the beginning started. Like, even though I asked it, yeah. I always know it's you just going to be going, I, I just wanted to try something. Yeah. Because it's the same thing with me in the podcast. I just want yeah. to try something. For sure. And then it's insane how that, uh, that share you know, equal though to one thing and then you just kept doing it and now look at you. Yeah. And yeah. I like how you said, uh, you don't need a gym for a big workout. You just need some weights and you just do whatever. 
Yeah. You don't need a big gym, a membership paying 30 bucks a month at New Bodies in order For to get sure. a, a healthy lifestyle. For sure. Whenever I run, there's a, at the halfway point of my run, there's a, like a jungle gym, like a, what do you call them? Jungle playground, yeah, yeah. playground. Yeah, playground yeah. And there's a bunch of rocks around there, like boulders. So whenever I want to work out, I'll just go to the playground. I'll do chin ups on the bar. Whenever I want to do like uh, legs, I'll grab a boulder of rocks and I'll just do uh, shrugs up and down the, the playground there. That's awesome. No, it's interesting. Uh, that's why I'm happy that you're here because you can share like tips like that about how you can stay healthy without staying in a gym, I guess. You can do it outside and it makes it more fun. 100%. Like when you're out there doing those videos, it looks fun. Oh, yeah. It's it super, looks unreal. It's super fun. Yeah, I love it. It's being working out outside obviously has that added benefit if you can get into like some sort of like nature setting um you know like uh, my favorite thing to do is like hang gymnastics rings from a tree and like kind of like work out in the forest and just you know do do a bunch of like gymnastics ring work and that stuff's like so good uh, it's really hard to get into yeah once you start getting the hang of it it's just so addictive it's just this whole rabbit hole I haven't actually been doing it much this summer. I've been more doing like cycling. Yeah. I'm really getting into cycling. I'm trying to get into that. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like I saw uh, like Dave Colligan, Corey Urquhart. Those yeah. guys, is it Urquhart? Is that how you say it? Urquhart, Urquhart. I think. Yeah. I saw those guys like posting about cycling last, like last year. Yeah. And I was just like, man, this looks kind of fun. And I had a motorcycle um, a few years ago and I was like, well, it's not going to be as fun as motorcycling. <laughs> and now it's like, I find it way more fun than being on a motorcycle just yeah. because it's like that self propulsion. Yeah. Um, so I just bought, I still have it like this crappy Canadian tire bike. Is that the one upstairs? It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that looked like a nice bike. I mean, I take care of it real well, but I'm going to upgrade soon. Cause yeah. like it can't, it just like, I didn't really know how deep like the cycling rabbit hole went, oh, which is kind of stupid, but like you can spend like 10,000 bucks on oh, a bike. Yeah. And, I'm going to upgrade soon, like a slight upgrade from that, hopefully. Going into the winter? Might as well wait. Well, so what's going on is I'm I'm doing this big cross Canada trip next April. I'm hoping to leave like April, May. I'm going to bike from here to BC. Wow, man. Yeah, I'm going to run it like a GoFundMe fundraiser, and I'm going to like raise money for various homeless shelters across the country. So when I rest, I'm going to like volunteer at different shelters. And sleep in the shelter. Um, probably not just cause I think that would like take up space. So I'll just like probably like, grab an Airbnb or like just, you know, urban camp or whatever okay. and just like volunteer or stay with friends and then just like volunteer time at the shelters and like donate and like run fundraisers, maybe do like some cold, cold exposure fundraisers, um, along the way. So I'm trying to, I'm like talking to CycleSmith right now and I think they might sponsor the trip. So I'm looking at getting a bike from them and just like promoting as I go. Definitely. Yeah. I'm trying to get like other companies involved too and just be like, Hey, do you want to help my journey? Like blah, blah. blah. And then I'm going to run the GoFundMe um, for just like regular people who don't have companies that just might want to help out. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I just kind of like decided to do it. I was just like, man, I need a goal to work towards because I was kind of getting a little bit stagnant and then cycling was like pretty new for me. And I was just, I just decided if I'd, if I decide to do it, then I'll just start lining things up. And that's kind of what happened. I, I just, one day was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I want it. Cause I need to travel too. Yeah. And I haven't traveled like extensively for a while. So I was yeah. like, might as well see Canada. Cause every time I travel, everyone says, man, you're in the best country. Like, why don't you explore there? And yeah, I, I really should. Dude. That's insane. It's Cross country. Wild. Yeah. It's gonna be wild. I'm not, it's one of those things where I know that, once I start, there's going to be multiple moments where I'm just thinking, what the hell am I doing? There's no way I can do this. 
but that's what gonna... did you ever, did you listen to the Corey podcast i did listen to it all yeah i listened to it on my longest ride actually that yeah. i've been on so you heard the story about him biking back i think he said from windsor or pei or something and he said he just almost gave up halfway yeah. it was so tough yeah i think he i think his wife dropped him off i think he's done a few of those rides i think somewhere far away like yeah. in like box harbor or something like that in yeah. Glasgow. i don't know and yeah the wind he said it was so bad and yeah, he was just like, I don't know if I can do this. You're going to have to be prepared for that. Oh yeah. I did my first, like I did my first official century, um, last week, about a, just over a week ago. Yeah. And I listened to that podcast on my rest yeah. at about a hundred K. Um, so yeah, a true century, I think most people go a hundred miles. So it's about 160, 161 K. Yeah. Um, I did 150 K last summer. I honestly don't even know how I did it looking back because I was pretty new and I didn't have like toe clips on the bike. So climbing Hills was harder. Yeah. I had one bottle of water and I hadn't eaten the whole day. So I don't actually know how I did that. But this time I was like, you know what? I'm going to really prepare. I planned out where I was going to stop for food. I stopped at like, uh, it's called uprooted. It's this cafe down the Eastern shore. Okay. I just biked down to the end of the West Jador Road, I think it was, and uh, back to Halifax. And it actually was it went it went well. That really boosted my confidence. Yeah. Because now I know I can at least do a century, and I'm going to be aiming for like 150, 200 kilometer days when I do this trip. Um, so that that was a big confidence boost because I felt really great afterwards. It was mostly just I wanted to figure out where the problem areas on my body would be, like in terms yeah. of chafing. Where so did can, you find out? Where did where did you find the chafing so, and the problems? Yeah, obviously, but. Yeah. Um, wrists was a big one. Wrists. Yeah. So now I've been doing, basically I'm trying to like create a training program for myself. So yeah. I'm really working on, um, like ankle mobility for like when you're pedaling and like pulling on the, on the clips, and okay, the, yeah. those clipless shoes and stuff. And like wrist is a big one. And obviously knees and hips are huge. Um, and then core for like keeping, keeping posture. Yeah. So now I'm just like developing this training program and I'm just slowly working through it over the winter and just trying to make sure that I'm as prepared for this as possible. It seems like with everything that you're doing, you, you have to have a strong mind. You know, you, you have to be extremely tough and say, even though my body is saying no, my mind is saying, yes, I can do this. Because, you know, realistically, biking across Canada, most people just go, I can't do that. Yeah. But for someone to say, you know what, no, I can do that. You know, there has to be something tweaked in your head. Yeah. I've noticed whenever I do go into the, the, the water, I take a cold shower, not a cold shower, but whenever I go into freezing water, not as cold as what you've been in. Whenever I get out, my mindset is if I can do that, I can do anything. Yeah. Do you ever find that when you get out of the water, it's almost like a, a strengthening, what am I trying to say? It's, it's, a, it's a tool to help yeah. you deal with life because whatever life throws at you, it's going to be simple due to the fact that I can go into freezing water for minutes at a time. I can do anything. Is that your mindset when you go into the water? Because that's what it is for me. Yeah, definitely. It's like you're, it's like you're flexing a muscle. Um, like the mental muscle. And I listened to, I have this podcast or no, it's not a podcast or it's an app. It's called the waking up course by Sam Harris. It's like meditation app. Yeah. And he has uh, various guided meditations, like daily ones. And then he has lessons. And one of the lessons is mental training. Um, and he just kind of breaks that down and talks about it. Um, how people, everybody knows it's common knowledge that if you go to a gym and you work out or you run or you do anything, there's benefits to that you'll get physically stronger and you can train to do whatever you want. Like, you know, people lose 200 pounds and become triathletes like that is possible. But he just said how most people don't view mental training in that way. 
they just don't think like, oh, they just kind of accept their mind for what it is. Oh, you know, I am this, I am that. They tell yourself a story and you just kind of continue the narrative with your life. Um, a lot of people don't think like, wow, if I like, you know, do something difficult or sit down and meditate, I can learn how to become a different person internally instead of just externally, like with, with aesthetics. So I just find I'm obsessed with that. I find that so interesting. And it's like, yeah. if you tell yourself that if you have that little like mental push to say like, I actually can do this, it's pretty crazy. You can do, you can do pretty much anything within the laws of physics, right? It's like, if you can decide to do it, obviously there's certain things like if I'm, if right now I'm like, yeah, I'm going to make the NFL. It's like, there, there are things that like you obviously, if you're relying on, um, if you're relying on like outward, if you're relying on something like outward to, you know, gratify what you're trying to do like that, that always doesn't work. But if you're just saying like, I want to do this for myself or I want to become this or do whatever, it's like, you can do these things. It's just a matter of like convincing your mental that you can, but your mind always collapses before your body for sure. You know, yeah. It's like, if it's life or death, you know, if right now it was like, man, bike 250 K or I'm going to shoot you. Yeah. And it's like, I actually mean it. And you believe me. It's like, man, you could do it. It's like you, the, the, you know, the instinct to live is crazy. If you can get into that mindset sometimes, like, man, if I don't jump in this cold water, I'm going to die. Well, that's exactly right. what I was going to say. The mindset of jumping into the cold water, your whole, everything, everything is telling you no. Yeah. Can't do it. And then once you do it, and then once you stay in it, that was my next question. What's the longest um, period of time you've stayed underneath uh, freezing water? Because I watched a documentary with, what's his name? Iceman. His Wim Hof, yeah. And he stayed under for 10 minutes with that. Did you see that Yes Theory video? Yes. Where all the, that was a crazy video. And the first day they jumped in that uh, waterfall. And then the second day, I think all of them stayed under for 10 minutes. And he stayed under with those people who weren't even trained to stay under yeah. cold water. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, how long have you ever stayed below? That's my goal for this winter is to stay for 10 minutes. Try. Stay in, yeah. yeah. So actually probably the hardest cold exposure. I'm trying to think of like the hard. The ocean is actually really hard. It's like acid. Um, staying there for like a couple minutes. And then cold showers one time in like mid February, I took a cold shower and I think it was like 12 or 15 minutes and like it messed me up. I was shivering for so long after yeah. and the water just gets so cold in the winter that sometimes I find waking up and just getting into a full blast <clears throat> cold shower is like harder than anything else. Cause oh, yeah. like at least like when I'm going into the lake, you're walking out to it. So you're experiencing like the outward temperature and you're like, all right, this is going to suck. But with a shower and just like coming out of bed and like getting into that's brutal. Um, actual cold water. I think the longest I've done is like three or four minutes, like in the whole, I kind of forget now, but my goal this summer is like, yeah, five, 10, see if yeah. I can push it. But man, it is, it, yeah, it, it's like brutally uncomfortable. It's like, it's so easy for me to sit here right now and say, yeah, I'm going to do that. But then man, when you're in there and like it, it's like, it sucks obviously right away, but then it's like, I find the numbing and like the tingling, like for me, it's, it became a lot for me, my arms, like your arms just get so uncomfortable. And it's like, you're just, uh, it's just like, I can end this. I can just stand up and it's over. But like, you're like, Oh, I'm just going to stay in. And then sometimes you just, you get in your own head and you're like, am I, am I, maybe I'm doing damage. Like, what am I doing? But then, you know, like, no people do this. I know nothing bad is going to happen, but it just sucks so bad. <laughs> But it's afterwards, you just feel great. Do you have a sauna or hot tub at your house or anything or your parents' place? I don't, but I really do. I like going, uh, so I'll like jump into the ocean sometimes and I'll go to Dalplex and like jump in the, jump in the sauna for, yeah. for a long time. Yeah, actually, I got really into sauna this, uh, this winter um, and even throughout the summer as well. Like I was crushing the sauna and I, I don't know, man. Like I really don't know what's harder. Like 
once you get in the sauna, what for, I find it's like the first 20 minutes aren't that hard. I'm sweating a little bit, but after that, like pushing like 40, 50 minutes, it's like the desire to get out. It might be stronger than the cold. Like you just feel like you're dying and suffocating. You're like, Oh no. And I, I'll take like a debit card in and like squeegee the sweat off. And then that makes you sweat more. And then you're just, I mean, I've lost like five pounds in there before. And like, obviously, you know, it's just water weight and yeah. I'm not in there to lose weight. Like, I don't think that's healthy, but it's just cool to see like, wow, I just like sweat like five, six pounds. And you know, then you take a cold shower and it's just, it's so cool. You feel awesome. I find for me, it's like with cold exposure, I find physically I'll feel obviously mentally, I feel really good and elevated, but it's more physical. Like I feel really like my muscles feel great. I feel obviously like there's a reduction in inflammation, but then with sauna, it's like, I can almost, there's almost like a direct correlation between the time I spend in there and my mood and like my mental clarity. I find it's like a very mental thing. Like you get out and I've gotten out of there, man. Just felt like I, you know, walked out of the matrix or something. I'm just like, I see everything. Like you just feel it's, it's cool. It's real cool. I love that stuff. I want one so bad a sauna in my house. I'd love it's a little barrel sauna right oh. by the lake or something. You ever, yeah. yeah, the yeah, they're like wooden and they're round. One of those ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah those would be unreal. Cool. Jump right into the cold water. You come out. You go right into the sauna. Oh man, yeah. That that whole. I've actually never been to a Nordic spa, but um, I know obviously some of my friends have, and like it just seems like so up my alley. One of my friends actually, he's we're actually trying to create an Oryx spa here in Halifax. That'll do well. Yeah. We're looking at land, uh, in Terrence Bay and we're going to like do a crowdfunding thing to like kind of gauge the market to see what people will want, like have rewards and, you know, different packages that people can have because, I mean, it's not, it's, it's come down. I think it used to be like, oh yeah, like, you know, Nordic spas and hot and cold. It's just good to, for relaxation. But now it's like, you know, there's so many studies coming out. It's like, no, this can help you live longer. This can like help depression. It can, there's just so many things that it's, you know, actual tangible evidence of what, what these kinds of therapies can do. Yeah. So I think knowing that people are more likely to, you know, want to go to these places and experience the benefits. Have you ever done one of those floats? Yes. I want to do one of those. Yeah. What are the, what's that like? What, what's it like when you're in there and what's it like when you walk out? Yeah, I've done two. Um, my buddy that I used to work, I used to work at Organic Earth Market and this dude I know had one in his house. And it's funny, like the first day I met him, he's like, dude, come over for a float. Like he was, he was really into the Joe Rogan podcast and obviously Rogan's obsessed with floating. Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, dude, come to my place, try it. So it was like a, it was like, I think he got it on Kickstarter. It was a white TP looking thing. It wasn't, you know, there was one little patch of light. It wasn't like a tank, um, but it was it was good. I The first time I got in, I think I did like 45 minutes or an hour, and I think the next time was 90 minutes. And there was a little bit of, you know, fear. Like when I, when I first got in there, it felt like I was, it felt like I was just flipping, like rolling in nothing. I was like, what the hell? Because like there's no reference points, and you just – you're not touching anything. And once you kind of get in the middle and you're not touching the walls, I just kind of felt like vertigo almost. Like I felt like I was falling and that tripped me out. And then I just kind of like breathed and relaxed. I wasn't like super into meditation yet. So I feel like now it would be way better because it's way easier for me to just, you know, get into a situation and relax. But I mean, you know, I was seeing things like your mind just starts playing tricks on you. You're not on drugs or anything? No, nothing. I didn't take anything. Yeah. And I was just, you know, I was just kind of breathing and closing my eyes. And I was just, you know, I was probably thinking about a lot of stuff i was probably lost for a little while there but i mean it was cool and then the the epsom salts afterwards 
I felt really relaxed for the rest of the day. I was tripping over my feet at work because I was just so like, I felt kind of high. It was interesting. Wow. Yeah. I definitely want to do it more, but it's, I don't know. It's hard for me to be like, oh, I'm going to go pay for a float. I know. I could go to the ocean, but it's different and it, it is different. Yeah. And it's just, it's one of those things where I just have a hard time doing it and committing to it. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to go lie there. It's like, oh, I'd rather just like, you know, meditate for free. But yeah. I, I can see, I can see the value for sure. I know it's expensive. One of those things yeah, for sure. Definitely. I'd rather buy a sauna before anything else. I would too, for sure. One of those barrel saunas can't be too pricey. Like it can't be over like twenty five hundred. No I, way. Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt there. There's. I'm sure you can get like super high end ones and stuff. But if you're if you're just looking for something small, I'm sure I should. I, I've been meaning to reach out to a company and see if I can get like a sponsorship from one or I something. That'd be That's what it's all about, man. Sponsorships. Oh, they're great. Yeah. Once you have like a big social media following, I'm not saying I do compared to you, but like sponsorships are the way to go you don't even need money yeah you know sure. it's all yeah it's, it's it's definitely cool and it's crazy like the collaborations that you'd never thought you'd be able to to do like people that reach out to you you reach out to people yeah. people mention your name then they contact you it's it's a it's a crazy world yeah oh it is it's, it's, wild. it's insane you can yeah man like my first experience of that was this guy his name's boyd holbrook you you probably don't know the name, but as soon as I start telling you what he's in, you'll be like, I know that guy. Okay, what's he um, doing? He's in Narcos. Um, have you seen Narcos yeah. on Netflix? Yeah, he's the blonde cop. Yeah, okay. In that show, and yeah. he was in like Wolverine, and um, he's the villain in Wolverine, and I think he's in Alien vs. Predator. He's basically like this, he's like a Hollywood famous actor, but he's just I, not super mainstream yet, but he's getting there. I have a funny story for you about him after this. Okay, cool. Yeah, so basically he just reached out to us one time, and he was like, hey boys, love what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, oh, cool man like and i clicked on his page and i just couldn't believe it and he he was he just asked me hey can we maybe chat sometime like on skype no way and i just said yeah man he just wanted to pick my brain so we jumped on skype my me brad my brother and i uh and him sorry and uh yeah we just chatted for an hour and a half and what was he asking he was just asking about cold exposure and breath work and he was just asking for training tips and then he, he, um, he got some programs from us and like a little bit of coaching. It was crazy, man. Yeah. And he's obviously super busy. So, um, I haven't talked to him in a while, but yeah, he, you know, he gave us a testimonial, like he went through the program and he was like, yeah, guys, I love this. I feel really great. It was cool. Yeah. It was super trippy. That's awesome. Yeah. It was such a small world. Yeah, for sure. So funny story. I'm in LA like three years ago, four years ago. I'm not sure when. Yeah. And we got into an Uber and we're, you know, when you get into an Uber, you just talk to the guy, how's life? What's up? What'd you do today? All that shit. So we're in there and we're talking to the Uber driver. Like, Hey man, like, what's up? Like, how's your day going? He goes, dude, I just had the craziest ride ever. I just picked an actor up from Narcos at the agency down there. He was pumped. He just signed a deal for Narcos season two. And I'm like, no way. Who is it? And then I didn't remember his name, but he's like the guy with the blonde hair, the cop. So he just got into this guy's Uber, signed the contract at the agency in LA, dropped him off at home, and then right after that, he came and picked me and my girlfriend up in a, in back in LA somewhere, oh and he told us the story about how he just got into that car. That's funny. He's he said he was like, he was the happiest guy in the world. He was just like, I was just working at my dad's construction site two years ago, and now I'm doing this. That's crazy, man. It's so funny. Yeah, he's a he's an interesting guy. When I, yeah, when I was talking to him, I was just like, he, he was really down to earth. He doesn't live in Hollywood or L.A. He just he lives in like rural New York. Does he? He doesn't want to be in the buzz or anything. He just kind of like flies in, works, Smart. flies out. Yeah, man. Yeah, he's he's a cool guy. Um, I wish people uh, like it, it's funny how once you just start doing these things, 
you know, doing the right things, exercising, eating well. That's one thing we didn't really talk about diet. I saw that you're into the morning smoothies there on Instagram. You said, I forget what it was, kale, spinach. You had a bunch of stuff in there. It's crazy that as soon as you start doing these things and as soon as you start committing to them, how your your world almost changes. Yeah. Same. Do you drink at all? I do a little bit. A little bit? Yeah. And it, well, I've, I've tried to, I've cut down a little bit. I've only had like one, maybe two drinks the past month. And it, it's been a real... Nice. Like opening month for me, I guess it's kind of uh, changed the way I view my work. Because one thing I'm always, you know, I work. I like to think I work hard on this podcast, things outside of this podcast. And one thing I've been uh, working, I think I said this on the Corey podcast. My website haven't gotten up yet, but ever since I've changed my diet and you know exercised uh, more consistently, I've able to focus on the website, and it's pretty much almost done now. Nice. And like I'm applying these things to to everything in life, and just being able to focus more on things. I just want you to talk about your focus and how, because you have to understand, like the way your life is, most people aren't living that way because they're not committing to the diet, the exercise, the the meditation, and things like that. And I talk about it, you know, a good amount, but you haven't been on this podcast yet. So I just want you to talk about for people out there that maybe are struggling with focus or maybe struggling with taking that first step of moving in the right direction. Maybe you could talk about your experience starting out uh, with everything and, and how it kind of snowballed into where you are now, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And I think I was talking to my girlfriend about this at brunch the other day. Like we, we have both just, you know, we both just worked out. We had done like a pretty long fast and we were about to break our fast with like a really great brunch. And we started with the juice and we were both just like, man, we feel so good right now. Like if, I think if people knew how good it's possible to feel, it wouldn't really be a struggle. Like if you're just used to, and like, I've been there, like, you know, waking up on a Sunday, hung over, you're just lazing around all day, eating, you know, it's the greasy worst. food. Like you don't feel good. Like you're, you're, you're trying to like bandaid the solution just like, yeah, I need like some, some home fries and some waffles or whatever. And like, and there's nothing wrong with those foods like in moderation. Right. But it's like, if that becomes your norm, you just don't know how good it's possible to feel. And I, I heard about that recently on a podcast about sleep of just like, you know, most people are, you know, most people think like maybe they don't need eight or nine hours, but it was this, you probably heard him on Rogan, the sleep expert. He was like, yeah, it was like 99% of people need eight hours to be optimal. If they don't get that, they could feel better. They just don't realize it. But there's a very small percentage of people who can thrive on four or five, but mm -hmm. it's like very small percentage yeah. of people. Um, so he's like, it's safe to assume you're not in that percentage. So just, you know, just get your eight hours. Um, and that really changed my whole mentality on sleep. But in terms of everything else, it's just, I think obviously the people you surround yourself with really matter. Um, because you know, if you're just you know, going out with friends every night drinking, that that's going to have like a negative impact. But for me, my girlfriend's definitely helped me a lot because she's super health conscious. So, you know, if she makes a really delicious meal, it's, you know, it's very awesome to just like have that and like have her care and be like, push you to do things. Like, so if you can surround yourself with friends or partners that are going to be like, yeah, we should, we should do this. Like instead of like going to the bar, we should go for a hike or something like that. But for people that are kind of skeptical, skeptical about how good it's possible to feel, just try to dial things in for a week. Just give yourself like one week to be like, all right, 
I'm going to just commit to this. I'm going to write it down because I find like if you write things down, at least for me, when I write something on paper, it's it's done. Like it's going to happen. Obviously, I'm not talking about like the secret. Like, yeah, I'm going to make a million dollars next week. But I mean, daily like (laughs) checklist of, you know, I'm doing this. It's getting done. Like if I write it on paper, it's as good as done. So if you can get yourself into that mindset of, yeah, okay, this week I'm going to track everything I eat. I'm going to, you know, cut, you know, I'm going to cut out added sugar in my foods. I'm going to go for like a five, 10 minute walk or run every day and maybe do like a little mobility. Just give yourself a week. And then as soon as you realize how possible, how good it's possible to feel, then you'll have that kind of baseline in the back of your mind of like, man, remember that week? Like I felt really good. Like I can actually look back and see like tangible evidence on paper of what I was doing. So that's what I was doing. Yeah. So I can drop back into that mindset. I can feel like that again. I feel like it's a momentum thing with me at least. It's like yeah. if I do one great thing, it's like, okay, well, now I want to do another great thing. Yeah. But let's totally. say I slam a huge burrito at lunchtime. Well, after, I'm not going to really feel motivated to have a green smoothie and stretch for an hour. Definitely. You know, it's so yeah. it, I find for me, it always starts in the morning. Like I'm, I'm not going to have a heavy breakfast every morning when every morning, at least for the past month, I don't want to sound like I've been this guy forever. But, you know, I'll start with the green smoothie. And I won't really eat anything until lunch, one o'clock. Yeah. And I find that just, it sets the momentum for the day. Yep. It allows me to to have a mindset of just being, okay, start with this. Okay, the next thing's going to be even healthier. The next yep. thing's going to make you feel even better. And I don't, I, it's hard to explain the the amount of focus, the amount of energy, the amount of, you know, superhero in you, I guess. It's, yeah. it's crazy. I don't want to sound corny, but it you, you feel like you can do anything. Yeah. There's a part of me that wishes I kind of started to live this lifestyle while I was in school. Yeah. You know, when, when high school, university, you know, didn't really work out. Diet was shit. Focus was off. Yeah. And you don't really give your best or put your best foot forward. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel that if you're at that age right now and you're in school and you're listening to this podcast, you try it just morning exercise, diet, have that green smoothie, spinach, kale. I wanted you to talk about that smoothie. Yeah, the, yeah. It was like red or pink or purple. Yeah. It was what what was in that? What are you putting in those? So basically for me, um, I'll do, I'll do like intermittent fasting. So most times I'm not actually eating until you know, usually it's like around like one or two. I want you to explain intermittent fasting. I will. Well. Yeah. 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 So usually it's like one or two. Um, but a lot of times I'll just have like one big meal at night. Um, and it's just like massive to like make up for the day. But in that smoothie particularly, it was blueberries, um, peanut butter, cinnamon, um, a couple frozen bananas, chia seeds, um, hemp powder from this food, which is actually a local guy. He's really cool. Um, what else was in there? Almond milk, coconut water, I think. Um, pretty like not nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, but just delicious. Like smoothies are awesome. They just Amazing. they make you feel light and energized. Um, yeah. But in in terms of intermittent fasting, yeah, it's it's something I never thought I'd be into, and I actually started doing it unintentionally while I was on a road trip. Um, me and my buddies were on this road trip around the States and budget was real tight. I just had a massive box of cliff bars from Costco and that was usually my breakfast, but I wanted to prolong it as long as possible. Cause I knew once I ate that cliff bar, I wasn't going to eat until probably dinner. So I would wake up before everybody else. And usually I'd go for a run or do a workout on an empty stomach. And I'd never really done that before. And I was feeling pretty good, even though I hadn't been working out that much cause I've been cramped up in a car. So I felt great and then the trip ended and I got home and I remember the morning after 
the trip, I woke up and I just slammed a huge breakfast. I was lethargic and I kind of just lazed around, watched Netflix and went on with my day and didn't really get a whole lot done. I was doing, uh, I was doing a different business at the time. I was doing like uh, online ebook publishing and I just didn't really get much done. And I was like, that's weird. Like the next day, the same thing. I was like, well, why aren't I feeling as good? And I just couldn't put my thumb on it. I couldn't put my finger on it. I mean, and, uh, and then I just kind of kept living my life that way of, you know, waking up and just eating a mat. Like I would eat a massive breakfast. Like I'd wake up and just have like so much like cereal or oatmeal or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then my brother stumbled upon a video, uh, Greg O'Gallagher, he's a guy out of Toronto. Um, he was really into intermittent fasting. He had this like YouTube commercial about it. And then my brother started doing it. Um, mostly I think he started doing it to save money. He's like, Oh, this seems like, you know, I don't have to eat as much and I can get lean. And he started doing it. And like, he had actually put on when he originally quit paddling before calisthenics, he had put on a little bit of weight, like not a crazy amount, but it was noticeable. And like, I would kind of, you know, as a brother call yeah, him out, yeah, like, yeah. man, you got to like get back <laughs> into it. And then out of nowhere, he just leaned out and he was just like, more cut than me and I was like whoa like what are you doing he was like oh, I'm just like working out a bit and like doing this intermittent fasting thing and I feel really good so that that really you know I started diving into kind of like the research behind it and like kind of seeing what the benefits actually might be and then once I was kind of convinced on that I just I just dove in I was like all right I'm doing I'm gonna do like daily four I think I started with four team daily 14 hour fast. So, you know, st stop eating, you know, once you stop eating at night, I would like start my timer and I bet I'm not eating for another 14 hours. And I gradually just bumped it up to like 16, 18. Then I was like, I'm going to do a 24 hour fast, 48. And I started doing longer ones mixed in. You did a 48 hour fast. I did actually an 85. Um, that's my longest. Off. Yeah. And that was like, I mean, man, I, one of my clients, he's done a 10 day fast. Like it was supervised, like not under my supervision. Like, and it was, he just said it was mind blowing. But he, in a good uh, way or bad way, he said it in a good way. He said it completely changed his relationship with food. Like by the end of the 10 days, he felt like he could have kept going. But in his mind, he was just like, do I even need food? It started getting like weird. So he just like he just, you know, slowly started eating again. And yeah, man, it's, it's like really crazy. Like, yeah, like I said, 85 is the longest I've done. I was going to say, what was your experience? What was your, what, were, what was your mindset at hour 85? It was just, honestly, it was, I could keep going, but really? I need to, you know, I need to do some coaching calls. So I'm going to eat. Um, but it was kind of like a, just a decision. I, I felt like I could keep going. I've done, I did 172 hour before that. And then I had done like, I was trying to do a 72 once and I did like a, I think it ended up being like a 55, but I got like, they call it like the, the keto flu, like ketogenic flu. And you just start feeling real off and weird. I hadn't prepared for it properly. It was too spontaneous. Um, I think I, I don't think I had like enough salt. Um, so I just kind of like felt weird and I ate, but then the 85 one, yeah, it was just crazy. I, it was so like, I went for a walk at probably hour 78 and I was just so clear. Like I felt like nothing in what I could, sense I, I just felt like nothing I, I felt like all my thoughts you know sometimes you feel jumbled and it's like oh shit i gotta do this and that and like this thing yeah. is popping it just felt like it was like i was in like energy conservation mode so it was just like one thing at a time it was just like boom i think about one thing and nothing else i just be like yeah i should do that it was it was just like a slow process it's like everything slowed down and nothing bothered me like Someone could have came up to me and slapped me in the face and I would have just been like, okay, why did you do that? I wouldn't have reacted. It was very just like Zen. I just felt so zoned into everything I was doing. And I went for this walk and it was just like the most mindful walk I've ever had. There was like snow coming down. It was, it was, it was in the winter. And, uh, I was just like kind of walked around Halifax and was just breathing. And 
it was crazy. Would you be able to do this podcast at that state? Yeah, with I definitely, your thoughts I definitely and energy. Would've. Yeah, yeah. I, I for sure would have. Um, I think it all depends on the prep. Like before that big one, I, I was really prepared. Like I ate a bunch leading up to it and I kind of like knew, okay, like I, I feel like it's important to plan. Like, you know, if you have a party coming up or something, you're going to like some event, it's really difficult. But for me, I was just like, all right, I'm, I know I'm doing this. I'm going to commit to it. See what happens. Yeah. It's, it's weird. But, but I mean, the intermittent is usually what I do. I'm not doing that like every week. Right. Yeah. It's like, usually it's just like a daily 18 hour fast, yeah. which becomes nothing it becomes so simple yeah you're just your body gets used to it after after maybe like a month and it's just that's just what you do you can you drink water during this oh yeah yeah, yeah. pound water pound sure. water yeah. so that's all it's just water so the things that won't break your fast it's like water water with like a bit of salt in it um what else black coffee that's a huge one your, black, your good black coffee's yeah, fine yeah black okay coffee. had a black coffee this morning and it's just like on an empty stomach i find the caffeine hits me just right yeah. but for some people that with sensitive stomachs it might not be a great call and then um like non-fruity teas like you know green teas and stuff like that you, you can have those um sparkling water is a huge one suppress the appetite a little bit with that as well um and i think i think there's some like unhealthy things that technically won't break your fast but it's like coke zero or some shit like something that you wouldn't want yeah. to, to be taking in anyways but yeah it's uh it's weird and it's hard for people to wrap their heads around until they try it and then it just becomes like a lifestyle. Like everybody I know who started doing intermittent fasting, they just don't look back. It's like, yeah, this is just what I do now. Like my girlfriend was like really skeptical for a while. And I would, she would always just be like, are you, are you fasting again? I was like, yeah, it's not like, I'm not just a fad thing. This is like how I eat now. And she listened to some podcasts about it. She obviously didn't listen to me. She <laughs> now she might though. Yeah. yeah. She listened to like Rhonda Patrick's podcast and heard her talking about it and like actually citing like tons of research about fasting. And then she was like, I'm going to try it. And now it's just a no brainer. That's just what she does too. Um, so how many days a month would you do this? Just like so, you could do a couple days a week or? Yeah. So I do intermittent fasting every day. Sometimes it varies. Like, like today, like, right now, you haven't had anything to eat this no, morning. No, nothing. Yeah. No. I'm so just, wait. A, sorry, I got. I got to mm, ask. Yeah. So every day you're doing intermittent fasting. Yes. So then tonight you're just gonna have a big meal. Yeah. So basically, I kind of play it by play by day. Um, I just I'm I'm almost like I'm almost all about like mixing intuitive eating with intermittent fasting. So kind of like listening to your body. And just kind of like actually trying to see what real hunger feels like. So like with the 85 hour fast, I feel like the most interesting part for me was I was most hungry within the first 24 hours. Then it just vanished. Even when you woke up, you weren't. No, it was, it was super weird. It's like I get the hungriest out of any anything I've ever done. The hungriest time for me is probably like 19, 20 hours in. My stomach starts going nuts. Like when I first wake up in the morning it's I'm never hungry. It's never even a thing. Like right now I can feel a couple, a couple like hunger yeah. pangs, but it just, you can kind of just see it vanish. It's weird. It, it'll just come and go. It's wow. not like an exponential thing where you just keep getting hungry and hungry and hunger. Like you can read reports of people who have like almost died from starvation and they just say like towards the end, it's like they like before they get saved or whatever, they're just, it's gone. They, they almost like don't want to eat. It's, it's really weird. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting thing, but yeah, for me, it's like intermittent fasting. Sometimes I'll cut it. Like sometimes if I'm like really hungry at hour 14 on a given day and I have to do a bunch of stuff, I'm just like, I'm just going to eat. I used to be really attached to the clock and I'd be like, I'd wait till the second it hit like 15 hours and I'd be like, okay, now I can eat. But now I'm just like, that's not sustainable. I'm just going to relax a bit. Yeah. Um, so most days I don't even know how long I'm going to go, but usually it ends up being 18, um, and, or, you know, 
you know, 24. I usually try to do one of those a week and just kind of feel it out. Yeah. That's nuts. It's, it's, you just let your body do what it's supposed to do. Yeah, definitely. And just try to try to just eat when I'm actually hungry. And, uh, as opposed to that, like first hunger wave, cause almost, almost with certainty that first time you feel a hunger pang, it's like yeah. your body's just trying to survive. Right. Yeah. It's like, you're not actually hungry at that point. It's just like, Oh shit. Like I should eat or it's like a social thing. Right. Oh, I'm out. I'm not. That was my next question. Do yeah. you ever feel any social pressure when, you know, let's say the boys, Hey, you know, let's go grab some pizza and you're yeah. like, okay, well sure. I'll come, but I can't eat. Dude, yeah. does that, how do you deal with that? I, Maybe, yeah, maybe for some people that's a thing, but I just don't care what people think. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, I'm doing this. My friends, I they feel know. like I'm so immune. Like, I get chirped for everything I do. Like, Instagram, my friends destroy me. I'll make a post and, like, we'll have a Facebook group and they'll just post it. But, like, oh, yeah, asshole, like, nice <laughs> little, and just rip me apart. So, I'm just used to all that. So, when I hang out with friends and, you know, I have, a, I have this one rule that I follow. It's um, for eating. And it's, like, I will never eat donuts because... I used to just be so addicted, like Timbits and donuts. And like, I would eat them to the point where I was just like shaking from the sugar high. So I was like, I used to eat a dozen donuts a day in junior high. Like I'd buy a dozen donuts, bring them to school with me and eat them throughout the day. And people would ask me for one. I'd be like, get the hell away from me. Like I was just so hungry from like paddling training and <laughs> such an idiot with nutrition. And like, I made that rule, no donuts. Almost every time we hang out, somebody buys a dozen donuts. So like, Hey John, just like waving at my face. I'm like, no, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm immune to that kind of like social pressure to eat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely way harder when you're in a situation and people are mucking a bunch of food and you're yeah. just like, I'm not eating yet. Kind of have to have that like mental strength of being not good that's my problem man like it's the it's just going out like if i'm here if i lived at home i'd be golden yeah but there's times where you know you go out you're in sobeys you see that you know whatever right there bucket of ice cream oh fuck yeah i need that it's like that fomo of like i really want to eat it's i read uh one guy do you know who rich roll is i do love everything that that guy does and he said yeah i was watching one of his uh his videos and he was talking about how the american canadian whatever uh you know the 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 food that's coming into these grocery stores that that's being advertised on television like there's some rich rich people that are heavily invested on how we eat Mm -hmm. and how they trick us into eating these types of foods and as soon as i uh i watched that and heard what he had to say and i just went about my day I just started becoming more conscious of it and watching how much food advertisements in my face, how much, uh, you know, uh, billboards are going around that you're just constantly looking at food and how it tempts you into to wanting to eat these foods. And yeah. he also said, which kind of scared me, is that there's things in these foods that make you addicted to them. Yeah. Like there's almost like a, like a drug in them. Yeah, 100%. Isn't that fucked? It is fucked, man. And I feel like if you start reading food labels, like when I started reading food labels, I was just like, Oh, these foods are, you're trying to get you addicted to sugar is a huge one. It's like there is sugar in some of the weirdest things that you would never think. But once you start reading those ingredient labels, like obviously they have different names for sugar, like fructose, like high fructose corn syrup, glucose, fructose, all that. It's just like, you know, different variations of sugar, Yeah. but it's in so much. And it's just like, for me, for example, I used to eat a ton of ketchup as a kid on everything. Like I couldn't not have ketchup with a meal. Yeah. And then it's like, you look at ketchup and it's like, you know, tomatoes and sugar. That's pretty much what it is. Liquid sugar. And I just never thought about that. And then as soon as I realized that I just, you know, cut back or I went to like a different type of ketchup with no added sugar. But 
it's just crazy. And like when you're a kid, you're just basically slowly being introduced to, you know, sugar and like other, you know, I'm sure like MSG and stuff like that. That's like really addictive. But yeah, it's, it's wild, man. Like, like you said, there's obviously people invested in you eating and like what you eat. And if if they can hook you onto a food, obviously from a business perspective, that's good. Um, they want you to want those foods and it's Dude. just, it's like not fair. When was the last time you were in America? I was in, when was the last time I was in America? Um, geez, not for a while, actually. A few years at least. Wow. Get there. It's a problem right now. Yeah. Crazy. Sitting in it. See if you sit in an airport and you people watch and you look at people's weight or people coming off an airplane, it's a, it's a, it's a problem. They're saying right now or the year 2025 or maybe it was 2035 one and every three people are going to be diabetic or pre-diabetic one in three how scary is that that's insane man that's so insane and it's just i don't know man it's weird it's a really weird thing when people just kind of you know they just go with the flow and they get in their routine and they're just like this is how i'm eating and it's so trippy too because even for me like i went through a phase where i was like okay, I don't, I realize. okay, I don't eat that healthy. Um, I started paying more attention to my diet, went like vegetarian for a while, then, you know, vegan for like a week. And then like kind of just played around to see what worked best for me. Now I'm kind of like, when people ask me what I, what I do for like my diet, I'm just like, I eat what I want. And that's (laughs) usually like mostly plants and then a bit of fish and eggs. So it's like pescatarian or something, I guess. But (laughs) And then, so there's a while where I was like, Hey, I realized I wasn't eating that healthy. And it's like, I need to eat healthy. And then I went through this phase where I thought I was eating healthy, but I wasn't, but I was convinced I was. And according to like the mainstream, I was eating healthy, but even in the things that you think are healthy, sometimes you look at the ingredients and you're just like, man, this is, this is shit. Like there's still tons of sugar in this. It's, it's there's all these added ingredients. See, that's that, like, the phase I'm at right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I definitely remember being there and it was just like, I actually need to like not listen to marketing at all and do my own research and figure out, eat whole foods and just like, you know, really make sure that for me, the main thing is like the more basic you can keep it, the better, you know, the fewer ingredients and things, the better, the more you can cook for yourself. So you know that like, you know, what's in your sauces and all that stuff. Cause it's like, I don't know. It's weird. Sauces are a bad one. Eh? Oh, like, they're so good though. God, yeah, and it's like you'll it's sriracha crazy. mayo. Oh, on oh, a burrito. Oh. It's so crazy. It's like I, I have this thing where it's like even if I'm eating something that I know maybe isn't that great, I'm not sure. It's like I'll eat it and then I'll read the ingredients. I'm like, damn it, it's what I thought. But it's just there's sugar for me. It's the main one, and I think that's like the only I've heard podcasts before and it being discussed of like nutrition and diet is such a complicated thing and everybody has different theories but anybody credible isn't saying that more sugar is good for you that seems to be the only thing that's agreed upon is like if you can minimize your sugar intake that is a better you know way to eat but everything else is just up in the air like whether you know meat or like plant-based or like whatever everybody has different theories and i think it just depends on what's going to work best for you because obviously we're different people yeah yeah who are some of your mentors? Where are, you, where are you getting this information from? With the power of the internet, you're able to look at so many people, look at so many routines and, and theories and things like that. It's almost too much, to be honest with you. I have a yeah. new mentor every month, it seems like. Yeah. But uh, who who are you liking? Who, are you, uh, who do you think saying the right things these days? 
Yeah. So I kind of have different mentors for different things. I find like I'll have like, you know, business and then, you know, nutrition. And I find Rogan is a good way to kind of like find people to listen to. Like I can pretty much like track my life back to pre like pre Rogan and post Rogan. And it's like, not just him. It's the guests that are on his podcast. So when I started listening to his podcast, like I didn't know about like any of this world really. I was just like pretty new to everything. I was just, you know, doing going through thing. the flow, going to the flow. Yeah. And then it's like, Oh man, and I, I heard this podcast with him and Duncan Trussell. I don't know. He's, who, he's one of the, the best guests, repeated guests on that podcast. Is, the guy is, he's amazing. Yeah, Anyways, and, keep going. And no, and it's just hard to explain wh- why he's so amazing. But the first time I heard him talk, it was just kind of like this moment where I was like, oh, other people think like me. Like there are people that are super fucking weird, just like me. And this guy's one of them. And he's just like so mainstream about it. And I remember the first time I listened to him, he was, he was making fun of himself. He's like, yeah, Joe, I sound like a raspy lesbian. So like nobody should listen to me. But the tangents he can go on and just like talking about the universe and everything. I, I was just so mind blown. I was like, oh, my God. Like, And Rogan was saying like, yeah, like talking to him saying, yeah, Duncan, like you know, the people that are like us. And he kept like saying that I was like, there's more people like you, like what the hell? So then I started listening to the podcast more. Um, Sam Harris is a big one for me. Um, he wrote this book called waking up and he has the waking up, um, meditation app. He's a big one for me. He just seems like the clearest thinker I've ever come across. Like his, his, the way he speaks and stuff, it's like, he just thinks about every word he's going to say. And he's very eloquent. Um, so he's a big one for me in terms of just, daily life and mindfulness and meditation and just that mental training like the dude's done something like two years combined on like meditation retreats like silent meditation retreats just like monks yeah basically just like going on these different 10-day retreats or like two months and added up over the course of like two years and just really like sitting down and observing your mind seeing what's going on because his argument is like your mind is the basis for everything. Like whether it's a positive or negative experience, like you're telling yourself that and your mind is the filter through which everything in your life go goes through. And it's like, you need to improve that. It's like your main tool. So he's like a huge one for me right now. Um, and then in terms of, uh, in terms of business, Sam ovens, he's a, he's a big one. He's like this entrepreneur guy. Um, he's not really super mainstream, but he's, he's just a genius and he's just really into like online marketing. What's his name? Sam Ovens. I'm going to write that down right now before yeah, I forget he's it. He's a New Zealand dude. He started a consulting company out of his parents' garage and everything know, great starts out of your parents' garage. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sam <Four> basement. Ovens. <laughs> yeah. O-V-E-N-S. O-V-E-N-S. Okay. Yeah. And he, uh, now he's making like, oh geez, man, I don't even know. He's making millions and millions a month. Like it's just ridiculous. What? And he's just all about lifestyle and keeping it passive. And he's a machine. He's basically a robot. Like he's just so next level. And then for movement, um, Edo Portal is a big one for me. Um, he had that guy that con- trained Conor McGregor. Yeah. Um, he's, he's big for me. Yeah. Mentors are Mentors are good. Like I have a list actually in this little journal thing I keep and it's like quotes from different mentors. And I just, I love like, a big quotes guy. Yeah. Love quotes, quotes. Are, quotes are awesome. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Like, um, and like, I don't know, Kendrick Lamar, J Cole, they have some really cool quotes about just like, you know, being present and like staying humble and stuff. Um, yeah, I'd say Sam Harris right now is probably the main one for me. I just like his, his approach to everything. Yeah. He's just, he's a genius. It's cool. I love stealing. Yeah. From guys. Yeah. Like you just listen and you're like, okay, well, he's doing that. And then you just go out and do it. And you're like, wow. 
Yeah. That's what he was talking about. Definitely. Definitely. And I find that like when, when I talk to, when I talk to like different smart people or entrepreneurs, I find that it's like you, you're just asking questions about stuff that people are doing just to try to like nitpick. And I find that's something I don't do enough of because I just listen. But I think it's because I'm afraid of paralysis by analysis. Like you mentioned, what does that mean again? Paralysis by analysis, paralysis by analysis. So it's basically like if you go to a restaurant and there's a hundred things on the menu, it's going to take you a while to decide, but there's four. It's like, okay, well I only have four options. So it's kind of like that with anything, right? Like it's, that's just an example, but it's like, if you have a hundred different people in your ear, you don't know who to listen to. Yeah. So it's also, it's almost like subconsciously, I don't try to gain a whole lot of new information because I'm just like, all right, I'm listening to these few mentors. I want to do what I'm doing. I'm going to keep doing it. I don't want to like, you know, get paralysis by analysis and have all this different information like conflicting with what I, what I have. I try to keep an open mind, but I also know like what works for me and like my routine right now. So I'm just kind of like going with that. There's a part of me, like, I don't know about you, but since I've been out of school, I have a beef with school. I didn't have a good school. I wasn't good at school. Me either. Me either. You weren't? No. There's, I've learned so much these past five, six years, honestly, since I've been out of school from the internet that there's a part of me that if I do have kids, call me weird, call me what you want. There's a part of me that almost wants to homeschool and just teach them what they should know mm-hmm. like I, I i do i understand the the social aspect you need to be in school to, in order to make friends but my social aspect all came from sports and hockey and all things yeah. like that it, it's just it's incredible how the world has changed from the internet and how people have gained so much knowledge and transformed their life into what they what to what it is now because when i was in school man i don't know if i oh, fuck I don't know if I learned anything that I could care. Maybe in economics class, I learned that if there's cranes in the sky, the economy's doing well. Yeah. But like, other than that, like, I'm yeah. not sure if I learned too much. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I, not, you know? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm similar, man. Like I, I think that like university is a big consideration for people that they don't really put enough time into thinking about it. It's just like, for me, it was, you know, finished high school. Oh, if I don't go to university, I'm a loser. Like, I'm not comfortable with what I know right now, and I need to know more, but I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I'm just going to get a student loan and, you know, I'll figure it out. Yeah. But, you know, if I had a had, you know, if I had a had the wisdom to just be like, all right, maybe I should take a year off, think about things. Because, the, like, I mean, I learned how to write a bit better in university, but I don't think, you know, 30 grand learning how to write. I don't know if that's where I learned how to do that online. Right. So it's like these student loans and stuff, like you can't get out of them. It's like the one thing Rogan talks about all the time. It's like student loans are the one thing where it's like, you can go bankrupt. doesn't matter. You still have to pay it back. Like they're, they will never stop coming for you. It's no. like you have to pay that loan back or you're going to the grave with debt. And yeah, man, it's weird. Like, yeah, school. I, I have a weird one with school too. Cause most of the successful entrepreneurs I listen to, didn't go to university. Mm. They're just like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm good to go. Like I just did what I had to do. I learned what I needed to learn and now I'm doing my thing. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I definitely didn't need it. I, I met some cool people. I did an exchange, which if you're, if anybody is in school, I always say, man, do a student exchange. It is the best thing ever. Yeah. Went to Europe and just like met the coolest people and had the best time. And you know, it was like, it was a four, a 40 was anything below a 40 was a fail. Yeah. And then, anything any mark you got transferred as academically neutral if it was a pass 
So a 51 was as good as a 99. Unreal. Like, yeah, so it was just it was really crazy to just do that, but yeah. <laughs> school is weird, man. It's real weird. Yeah, I mean yeah, I just got a little beef with it. I just, just when I see kids going to school having anxiety and not knowing what they want to do, I just see myself and I just want to let kids know that it's not uh, the end all and be all. It's not going to define you if you fail your economics 12 exam. Yeah. Because when I did fail my economics 12 exam, I thought I was done. I thought I was yeah. going to be homeless. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. You get that huge pressure. Did you go to university around here? I went to SMU, but when I went... I just went to the library and like watched movies. Yeah. Like I went and I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? I was 18 years old. Same thing as you. Like yeah. my friends went. So I'm like, I guess I'm going. Yeah. And then I went there and I hated what the teachers were telling me. I was listening to everyone doing exactly what they thought I should be doing. And nothing was really coming of it. I always knew I wanted to do something when a, in communications podcast, uh, something with a video camera. I knew I always wanted to dabble into it, but I never had the balls to do it because I was scared what people were going to think. I was a hockey guy. Hockey guys don't really do that shit. Yeah. So it, it's more common now, but back then it wasn't really a thing. Yeah. And then as you just get older, you go through life, you you change up your routine. You, you meet people along the way. I went to Europe as well, met some really cool people, didn't go on an exchange. Um, it just comes with time. I think everything comes with time, man. Yeah. Everything. Definitely. You know, it, it might come now. It might come when you're 35, 40, 50. But like, you know, if you can figure out what you love, what you want to do, just do it. The, obviously, the younger you are, the better. You yeah. know, the fact, how old are you? I am 28. Dude, you know, like you're you're still relatively young and you figure these things out in life. You're going to be fine. What about you? How old are you? 27. Nice. 28 nice. December. Beautiful. But I'm happy that I'm figuring these things out now. Yeah. Rather than like I kind of tore down my life. You know, uh, this this is my full time job right now. No kids, no mortgage. You know, I, I kind of I'm happy that this is the the stage I'm at in life. I don't want to commit to too much until, I guess, my career takes off. Yeah. But. Yeah. It's, Life's good. Yeah, man. It life is good, and like you keeping know? that perspective, and like, you know, remaining grateful. It's super important, and yeah, I think that like. I feel like the main piece of advice that I would give to people where I see people like really fucking up is like they're overextending and they're not staying minimal. And you know, they're like, Oh, I need to like get a house and then do this and then do that. And like, I, I need to follow this like cookie cutter process. It's just like, no man, like you can make your own path and like, you don't need to do that. And it's like, if you don't overextend and stay minimal and only keep what you need and, you know, have the experiences that really matter to you, at the forefront of what you're doing, then that's going to like, that's going to be really important because it's like, if you just start like, if you just like go and like buy like all this expensive shit, like I use man, I was, and this is coming from someone like this used to be me. I was such a materialist. Same like, in, in high school, like in high school, I bought a $250 t-shirt from Duggars, like an Ed Hardy t-shirt. And I thought I was the man. And I was like, I was blowing money. I didn't even have, I bought like $300 Dolce & Gabbana sunglasses. Club Bonico has all my money. <laughs> yeah, all my man. money. And it's just crazy to me. Like I was such an idiot and you know, I was just always blowing money. And like, I thought these things, like, these things don't make you happy. Like they just don't. And like, I love listening to people who say that, like, you know, I heard the story about this dude the other day. He was like a billionaire and he could barely get out of bed in the morning. He was so overweight. Yeah. Like he just didn't prioritize properly. And it's like, if you put like, friends family health at the forefront of everything and just obviously like you need to make money to survive but it's like if you don't overextend 
then what you need to make just goes down significantly and you can spend more time enjoying what you want to do. But it's when people overextend and they just keep upping their lifestyle. It's like, if you do that, man, it's like, I've seen that even with myself. It's like, you know, if I have a good month with business, like my mind starts to, I see my mind going like, shit, maybe I should lease a sick car. Like maybe I should do that. And I, but I know, I know I'm like, no, no, but most people yeah. like wouldn't know that. And I wouldn't when I was younger either. And you just start, you just start getting yourself down this like weird rabbit hole. Like, yeah. Well, shit, now I need to like work for this and I need to work for my house and for my car and I need to pay for my car to get to work. And it's just... It's crazy. Man. Yeah. It gets this weird and then you're stuck and then you don't have that freedom. Yeah. But like, God, that freedom is so important. That's the best part about this is it's Monday morning, 9am right now. I don't have anyone telling me what to do. Yeah. I got to check upstairs that I haven't opened. I know the amount that's in it and it's due to this podcast. Yeah. It didn't come like that. It didn't come from episode one, but now we're at episode 256 or not 56, 26. And people are starting to take notice. Yeah. I was patient. And I'm not saying I'm anywhere now. I'm not able to afford a house. Uh, I'm not able to do these things quite yet, but you know, I know what's coming. Yeah. And it's because I took everything in my life that I didn't like, got rid of it, the fancy clothes, the, you know, the high cell phone bill, the, you know, everything that I thought I need that I didn't, I tore it down. I'm not saying, you know, you could be a minimalist. It's not for everybody. I'm not saying I am either, but if you can just tear down the things that you realize that don't matter and then put it all I guess your energy and focus into one thing, just master that one thing. And I don't know, things will start happening. And I think that's a, a, a true definition to you for what you're doing. And, and, uh, I'd like to think myself, but that's awesome, dude. I love yeah, that. How, so do you like sponsorship? Like how, how do you work it? Yeah, we got like, we're, we sell packages. So, you know, one package is you see you get 10 episodes and we'll advertise for you. And then we have another one that's 20 episodes. And then we'll also do video skits uh, cool. in these packages. Um, right now, we're not selling too many packages. We're, we're more selling individual podcasts, like two, three at a time. Nice. So that's essentially how we're selling advertisement right now. And nice. like I said to you, it's crazy in the, the internet game, how you can reach out to people People will reach out to you. People will recommend you to someone and they reach out to you and then they want to buy advertising. Right now we have a, an advertisement with OnPoint. They're a mentorship group here in Halifax and they help uh, athletes that are post-career, you know, get used to the real world without that kind sports. Of depression afterwards. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I thought that was a great advertisement That's for us because cool. essentially our demographic is 18, 35. So for them, their demographic is right there, 18, 25 right in the middle where you're trying to figure life out what you're gonna do that's such a good idea like i like why didn't i think of that <laughs> right? oh like, it's, it's, it's just wicked like, yeah it's unreal they're they're a really cool company and that's i've noticed that this podcast is great for our demographic that is 18 to 25 because i really preach the do what you want break things down be happy I'm really trying to preach that because when I was at that age, I had no fucking idea what I wanted to do. As soon as I found out I wasn't going to make the NHL, I was like, uh-oh. Yeah, man. Uh-oh. Same with me with paddling. Oh, I'm not going to the Olympics. Like, I'm injured now. I have yeah. to quit. What? What? Dude, I was almost fired. I've pretty much been fired from every job. Like, I, I'm a terrible employee. Yeah. And uh, I just had a real couple years where I panicked. I'm like, oh, I wasn't really depressed. I was just panicking. Like, I knew I had the capability to do something, but I just panicked. I was like, what are you going to do? It was the same, man. You know? Exact same. I remember being in Giant Tiger, like hung over and like literally having a panic attack. Like, yeah. In the back room, just my chest was like, what the fuck is going on? Like losing it, man. And then just being like, 
I can't like I can't live like this. Yeah. Like, I need to do something. <laughs> it's weird. It's a weird thing. And sports can really mess with you like that when you're used to having a team and you're like, I'm just gonna continue to do this forever. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you didn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's it's it, that's a that's a great company idea because that's a real thing for sure. Yeah, she's great. Chantel Braun. She's really cool. They came on the podcast that. actually and preached about who they helped and they've had crazy amount of mentors. They help. Uh, foreigners come in too people that just moved to canada and are having trouble finding a, a job nice so a really cool company yeah that's awesome what about you who are you uh who are you working with these days usually like what we do mostly is we sell like online training packages and then like online coaching packages cool so that's mostly what we do right now you nice. know, we have like online clients and we have like every once in a while we'll do like a sale on some of our online programs and that'll like up it yeah um so we have like different like you know six week handstand courses 12 week packages muscle ups like different techniques that you can learn or just like generalized packages yeah um so that's mostly what we do and uh yeah. and that didn't come overnight no no yeah i remember the first sale we got and it was like a grind. Like we were just, you know, we built it up and slowly it was like, all right, let's like release this. And, and you know, at the, I think the time when we released our first one, we had like 30,000 followers and we're like, oh, we'll release this. And then like a massive percentage of our followers will buy it. And it's just like, no, a very small percentage. Like, you know, like for people to actually give you dollars, that's like the true vote, right? It's just like, okay, like that takes a lot for people to be like, I'm actually going to like support you or like, I want this. You really have to, that's where marketing is so powerful. But you said something just a few minutes ago that was interesting. Like, you know, it's Monday morning and you're just kind of like doing your thing and I'm doing my thing. And it's like, that is a great way to like evaluate your life. I, I, Corey talks about this too. You know, his Mondays are usually going on a long bike ride. It's like, if your Monday doesn't suck and you're actually looking forward to it, things are probably going well. Like if you're living for the weekend, then like, yeah. what are you doing with those other five days? Like, like how can you change it and make it better? Um, you know, whether that's whatever you want to do. Yeah. I like to keep my, uh, and I think that that's a great correlation with diet. When you have sugar, you're up, you're down, you're up, you're down. I like to live my week just kind of straight line. It doesn't matter if it's Saturday or Sunday. I'm still working towards the high button. I'm still trying to get guests on. I'm still trying to come up with ideas. And I find if I'm eating like shit, you know, I'll be great for a bit. Then I'll come down, not message anyone. Cause like talking to people, like you're a complete stranger. I didn't know you till yeah. I still, well, now we know each other, yeah. but you know, it, it kind of takes not balls, but you got to put into your head. Sure, okay. Yeah. I'm going to message this stranger, invite them over to my house, have them on my podcast and hopefully it works. Yeah. You know that it might not seem like a lot, but you know, if, if you're not, if you're not all there with yourself and in your head and comfortable with who you are, that's a big, it's a, it's a big step. For and I sure. used to struggle with that at the beginning of this podcast, getting guests on. But now, if I like what you're doing, I don't give a fuck. I'll message you right now. Say, hey, man, love what you're doing. Come on the podcast. Yeah. So it's there's so many little tips or little advice. that, And it all kind of comes down to making sure that you're fine in order to help the world, I guess. You know, you got to start with yourself and then help everyone else. Yeah, you have to be, you know, intelligently selfish. You got to like yeah. kind of figure that out but yeah no like you all you have to do is listen to a podcast gone bad and then realize it's like if you're sitting here and i'm just kind of like yeah <laughs> no. yeah no it was good and just like couple <laughs> word answers it's just jesus that sucks when that yeah. happens yeah oh man yeah no i love podcasts are so cool man i've done this i think is my third or fourth no who else have you been on <sighs> what was this okay um jo- this jordan guy um 
he's like a he's like an online YouTuber dude. He, yeah. has, a, he has a massive YouTube following, but he started doing like kind of like a I think it was like more mental health focused podcast. Um, and Matt Brace Girdle, he's from the Fit Men Movement podcast. That's what it's called. Okay. I'm glad I remember that Fit Men Movement. Um, yeah, you guys should you guys should coordinate. He's, cool. He's doing kind of like similar space talking to. Uh, yeah, basically people in the fitness world. Um, yeah, he's he's a cool guy. He does it with his his partner. I forget his partner's name, but he, we actually grew up right beside each other, and we never spoke. We he went to a different school. No so it's funny when we got on the podcast. It's, he's just like, I grew up at the end of the street. And I was like, Oh my god, that's crazy, <laughs> super nuts. But uh, but yeah, and what was the other one I'd been on? Um, Fitman, Jordans. Jeez, maybe that's maybe that's it. I think I am forgetting a couple. But the third guy's pissed. He's like, "I'm right here." Yeah, come on. <laughs> man, come on. Yeah, no, the podcasts are great. It's just cool. It's cool when you have conversations like this because I feel like I used to be better at speaking, and then I didn't do it for a while because I was in my own world, grinding away, doing like the entrepreneur thing, and just kind of buried in my laptop screen. And it's just a skill that you forget how to do, mm. and you you lose it. And it's just funny seeing that, like when I did my first podcast, I just, I was missing words and I wasn't super on point and I wasn't really happy with how it went. And when I re-listened to it, I, I was kind of pissed off at myself, but the more you do it, you know, the better you get at it for sure. It's, it's great for, um, it's great for socializing outside of a podcast. I find the podcast is great, but it helps me whenever I am out in public talking to someone, I won't leave a conversation going, fuck, did I not say something correctly? Did I not do this? It's a weird thing in my mind. It just helps me communicate clearly, yeah. I guess, on a, on a social level. Definitely. You know, it's helped me in that way. I've never, I've never really been the, the best talker either. Words come a little bit slower to me. I have to think. That's one thing I'm trying to work on. I'm trying to cut like out of my vocabulary. Me too. I'm like this, like that, like that. So I, it just makes me sound like a fucking dummy. So yeah. I'm trying to cut it out. But yeah, it all comes in good time, man. I'm trying to do the same thing. And I've probably 20 times in this podcast, as I'm speaking, I'm thinking, don't say like. Yeah, I know. And I know I'm, do, I'm doing it because I'm, I'm aware of it. But it's the, the fact that you're aware of it. Yeah, that's what matters, right? And I'm trying to do the same thing. Be aware of it. Know that I'm trying to slowly cut it out. It's hard, man. Like is a really weird one. It's very trippy. But another thing that I realized too with uh, Sam Harris, the mentor I was talking about, um, he has a way of speaking. He's very eloquent, but he almost normalizes the slow talk and the pauses and shows that you don't, you doesn't need to come out super fast. Like I'm a pretty fast speaker. And I'm trying to work on that too because sometimes I re-listen to myself and I'm just like, oh my God, I can barely hear myself because I'm talking so fast. And I'm really trying to slow down and just work on that. And there's nothing wrong with it, you know? And when you see interviews sometimes with people, they get asked a question and they'll pause for so long and genuinely think about it. It's great. You know, for 30 seconds. And it's like, they're actually trying to gather their thoughts. But you feel kind of like an idiot if you're doing that in the moment. Like when you shoot me a question, I want to answer it right away because I want to seem like I know what I'm talking about. But there's nothing wrong with kind of digging in your mind and just pausing and, yeah, you know what? I do think this and X, Y, Z, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It is great. I love, be I love being able to think about something and talk. I don't do it as much as I want to on the podcast, but it's a cool thing. Yeah. Conversations are just a trip, man. They're yeah. just this weird winding path. Like if you trace back 
this whole conversation and like where it started and like how it led down the path that it led. It's really weird, man. And That's why I stopped taking notes during the podcast. I used to have um, like a list of questions. Yeah. And I remember like, let's say I had my next question for you would be like, you know, where do you get your haircut and why do you do your hairstyle like this? Whatever. Yeah. And you answered it. I wouldn't be thinking of your answer. I wouldn't be listening. Sorry of your answer. I would just be thinking of my next question. Yeah. So you'd be rambling and I'd be looking at my page. Yeah. So I just stopped doing the notes and I just listen and then I rebuttal from what you just said. Yeah. So everything you say, I'm actually taking in, I'm paying attention, I'm listening. Yeah. And then as soon as I formulate that to my brain, I just think of, okay, what did he just say? Now rebuttal it to the next question. Yeah. And that has made all the difference. Yeah. You just listen. It, yeah. It makes it more organic for sure. I try to work on that too, man. Sometimes I'm not, you know, you're thinking of the next thing you're going to say and you're not super in the moment listening. I'm yeah. trying to get better at that and just, you know, listening in general. That's something like, just from a relationship perspective, sometimes I'm like talking to my girlfriend and I'm always, I feel like guys, yeah, that's me, just males. Yeah. I'm trying to always like, if my girlfriend's telling me something, I'm trying to offer a direct actionable solution right then and there. And sometimes she's like, no, I, I don't want that. And I can't, I'm just like, what do you mean? She's like, I just want you to listen. I'm like, but, but you can just do this right now. And it's like, no, sometimes you just have to listen. I'm trying to, uh, yeah, you can't fix that. that. That's yeah. just guys in general. We Definitely. try, but we can't, we'll never, we'll never fulfill that need. Yeah. We'll just call her a bitch and tell her to go to hell. <laughs> and it's done. <laughs> yeah. That's all you need to do. Yeah. Hey man, hour 20 minutes right now. Wow. That's crazy. I got yeah. shit to do. What are you doing today? I'm going to probably, yeah, I got a few errands to run. I'm going to probably cruise around on the bike a little bit. There you go. Run a couple errands um, and yeah, and get get to work and do a coaching call and yeah, man. Dude, That's I it. love talking to you. Yeah, it was great. Thank you. You're going to have to come back on the podcast. Man, 100%. When are you starting your trip out to uh, BC, across Canada? Yeah, it's going to be probably, right now the the date is Monday. April 20th. September, October, November, December, January. Okay, so we got a bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I got some time to train for sure and uh, get some shit together and uh, you know plan and coordinate. But yeah, looking at like April 20th or maybe like early May. Okay. Um, I got to figure out the weather too and if there's kind of like... I've just heard this term recently, perpetual wind. Like it might actually be more of a headwind to do it the way that I'm doing it. Somebody mentioned that to me. So I need to look into that. To Why? See. So like you might start in BC and come to Nova Scotia? I might do that. Oh, yeah. I know, okay. I know a guy doing that now, actually. He's uh, he's like got a mech sponsorship and he's biking from BC to Newfoundland. Um, and there may be a reason. And I just didn't think about that. There yeah. might be more of a tailwind. Um, yeah. And that makes, obviously, talking to Corey on your podcast, yeah. like you can see that makes all the difference. Like if you have a tailwind for most of it. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I got to figure that out and plan it. Cool, man. Um, last minute of the podcast is yours. So if you want to shout out your Instagram, which I recommend you do, thank anyone who's uh, helped you along the way, go ahead. Mike's yours. Definitely. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, our Instagram is at mayo underscore bros underscore calisthenics. Um, and we you know post a bunch of fitness content on there. We have a Facebook group, Mayo Bros Calisthenics Movement Group. Um, try to you know keep a little active community there. We have online programs, online coaching, um, just getting into one-on-ones here in Halifax as well. I'm doing some one-on-one training mixed with online stuff. So that's exciting and that's always fun. Um, so yeah, if you want to reach out, if you have any questions or if you, if you want to train, uh, if you want to learn more about online programs, hit me up. Always happy to chat. Always happy to meet up. Awesome. All right, John, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you so much. High button rocks. Everybody (laughs) make sure to go to all of our social media outlets, like, subscribe, comment, YouTube, Facebook, iTunes, SoundCloud. I think I got them all. We are.
Every day can be a better day despite the challenge. All you gotta do is leave it better than you found it. It's gonna get difficult to stand, but hold your balance. I just say whatever, cause there is no way you're bound. Everyone falls down sometimes, but you just gotta know it'll all be fine. It's okay. Go walk around 